Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to No Quick Moments. I'm your co-host, Remy. Hello, I'm your other co-host, B. This is our Supernatural Watchcast. Yay! Yay! <laughs> what are we doing today? Um, hmm. 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 What are we doing today? Today, B... You and I will be discussing Season 1, Episode 15, The Benders. The Benders. Our <laughs> first human, all-human all villain monster of the week. I was trying to remember, um, I was trying to think of other, like, all-human villains through the series and I was having trouble recalling any because there are plenty that were like this is a person who's on some murdering spree because their aid is run rampant because mm-hmm. of this like cursed item or they're soulless or you know whatever but I'm trying to think of no just just vanilla human people are crazy I can't, I can't think that. of too many either. Can you think I was of like, one? Is there any Munchausen by proxy out there? Like, <laughs> no, no, nothing's coming to mind. Nothing's coming to mind, but uh, season one is going boldly forth with the Benders. Although they are still shirking away from Sam and Dean making a hard decision about killing a person. We, yes. <laughs> spoilers. We have a cop here to do that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but, but B, I actually do refuse to believe that through all 15 seasons of Supernatural, even though we can't think of one now, there has not been another vanilla human psycho case i mean there's gotta be I but, uh, it's driving me up the wall the ones that i even think of that come close is like the lagranges from faith where it was this human woman but she was using a reaper so mm-hmm. i was like mm, it's so close but apparently it doesn't count nope all, all i'm thinking of are like ghosts that were psychos in real life but then are continuing on there crazy wait wait maybe okay the one that i'm thinking of claire when she was with those dudes and they wanted her to (gasps) rob a convenience store and dean went and like killed all the dudes you're so right you're so right those were just peeps those are just peeps but they also weren't you know that that was an entire episode highlighting on how you know, crazy Dean was, not how crazy other mm, people were. No. <laughs> Humans bad. They were going to sex traffic Claire. Dean was justified. Look, <laughs> in six years for us, B, when we're in Supernatural season, whatever the fuck, we're going to come across an episode that we're not thinking of right now that is just crazy humans, and then we're going to be like, hey, remember in good old 2021 when... Oops, I dated the show. Good old season one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, enough. Enough. We are talking about the benders today. Yes. Tell me who is responsible for this. And speaking of dating the show, 
I, I, I do have to say, sorry, guys, for missing last week, but we thank you for your patience. Yeah, life <laughs> is hard, and we're happy to be back at you. Yeah, yeah. So this episode, episode 15, was written by John Sheban and directed by Peter Ellis. And the original air date was February 14th, 2006. Oh, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Here are some cannibalistic question mark hillbillies. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And the synopsis for this episode reads... Sam and Dean head to Minnesota, where a young boy witnesses a man vanish into thin air. Upon searching for clues, Sam is abducted by what he assumes is a supernatural being, and Dean is left to search frantically for his brother. However, both are stunned when they realize the kidnappers are human, and using the captives as human prey... For a twisted hunting expedition. Again, our long synopses. That one wasn't that bad. After last no. week, I'm I'll take anything. Fair enough. Anything that's not eight sentences long. <laughs> oh boy! Well, we are opening B in Hibbing, Minnesota. Yeah, Don't you Donna's know. hometown. I cannot believe, talk about missed opportunities, I can't believe that in all of our episodes of Donna, she doesn't just do, just sneak in one little reference, like, just one little Hibbing's dark history, psychos in the brig kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's good for fan fiction fodder. <laughs> Keeping up. Just put that down in the book. Remember it for later days. I mean, this is this is supernatural. They don't remember what they had for their metaphorical breakfast, much less what happened no. seven seasons before. I mean, fair enough. Who does research these days? <sighs> That's what fanfic's for, like you said. Yeah. Here we are in Hibbing. We have a small child late at night watching spooky movie when he hears a noise outside. And when he goes to the window to see what's happening, there is a man unloading garbage into a dumpster and he hears a strange noise. And as he goes to investigate it, he is dragged under a car, thereby vanishing from the child's gaze. Oh, no. Who could this be? What happened? (laughs) The man violently chucking trash into the dumpster. And being pulled under a car. Again, I'm like, there's got to be easier ways to vanish people. But maybe this is part of the kicks. Like, this is the whole sort of fetish thing they got going on. Yeah, I don't know. But we start the next scene with some quote-unquote cops um, questioning Mrs. McKay. Um... It's actually Sam and Dean who are encouraging her son, Evan, to say what he saw, um, which is that he heard a monster outside while he was watching Godzilla versus Mothra, which is Dean and Evan's favorite. <laughs> Nerd Dean, he's so good. 
I know. And again, he's using that shared common interest to kind of ease a kid, you know, make sure that he feels heard and like validated by an adult. I just, I just can't get over how, um, the kid is just like, God, Godzilla versus Mothra. And Dean instantly lights up. He gets excited, which gets the kid excited, and he is just psyched to have someone to talk to about his nerdy movie with, even if it is a 10-year-old child. (laughs) Yes, like, the next time I can think of that we see this happen is in season 14, Mint Condition, Mm -hmm. where he's geeking out about the horror movies that the other guy can't remember his name off the top of my head but it's that same unbridled nerdery that same sort of energy that we're getting a precursor to here i he he just gets so um he gets excited about his interests and unfortunately he doesn't you know doesn't seem like he typically has someone to um share that with and he doesn't have an outlet for that because he's like oh sam sam likes the remake and you know he's not cool and And both he and evan are like ew (laughs) and sam is putting dean down for like okay this is not the time for your Mm -hmm. whatever the fuck this is yeah, again, you just, your heart goes out to him for having these interests that very clearly um, he's ready to pull out at a moment's notice and mm-hmm. just doesn't get to nearly as often as he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely get that uh, feeling from this. But Sam, uh, you know, like I said, now is not the time. Sam is trying to get the conversation back on track and he asks Evan to you know describe what he saw uh, no matter how weird um and evan says that he, it, he he didn't see anything but he heard it and it sounded like a monster and it was just whining growl and mm-hmm. it took mr jenkins oh no <laughs> and again jenkins is the name bless i know <laughs> we cut to kugel's cake Um, inside they have a couple drinks, Dean is throwing darts, and Sam advises that there was a sign of a struggle at the location where Jenkins was taken. And not only that, but Dad's journal highlights this location for a phantom attacker's hunting ground. Yes, this county has a uh, suspiciously high record of missing persons, and um, and they all have a similar M.O. These people are just vanished. Yeah, their cars, everything are just gone. Yeah, yeah. And hey, B, Kugel's uh, keg, right, is the mm-hmm. is the bar that they're at, and and the um the sign that we see is this big neon sign with like a boar's head on it, uh, and. I I I I can't remember whose namesake this is, but this is someone's namesake, right? Kugel Kegel. I would think so because I think like Mary Kugels was something that we would see in like season fourteen and season fifteen, if I'm remembering correctly, off the top of my head. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary Kugels is the uh, beer that mm-hmm. uh, the boys drink uh, on, on. I say, okay, fine, I'll say it on set. Uh, it's the <laughs> it's the in universe like Bud Light that 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 the boys are drinking all the time, and it is an invented brand, Mary Kugels, uh, named for I believe it was. Two Mary Kugels is a is a a a combination of two people, and I I like how I'm bringing this up and talking about it when I have no idea who I'm actually talking. <laughs> I'm of. nodding along, like yes, this is matter of factual, <laughs> right, right. But I'm pretty sure it was two to set two set designers. Uh, so it could be just Kugel at this point. So I think it's just Kugel at this point, and then Mary Kugel came later. Yeah, I don't know who Kugel is, but fun fact? Question mark? Question mark? I mean, anything we say as factual should be taken with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this they're at this roadhouse called Kugel's Keg. Yes. Which may or may and- not be named for one of the set designers. <laughs> the local folklore around here talks about a vanishing kidnapper, but it's not really clear if this is a supernatural case yet. So they'll ask around tomorrow. Um, Sam is ready to turn in, but Dean is kind of calling him a party pooper. Still wants to, you know, have a drink, throw some more darts. But he agrees to meet Sam outside just after he hits the head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Sam does go outside. He's going to go wait in the car. And uh, on the way through the parking lot, he hears uh, some... uh, He hears a strange noise, like a rattling chain. And he gets put on alert. And you can tell that he feels uneasy about whatever Mm -hmm. feeling he's getting here. So he is scoping... He's being cautious and he's scoping out the parking lot as he approaches the Impala and he's following this noise that he's hearing and we have the music swelling as Sam checks under one of the cars uh, and he gets badly startled by a very angry uh, uh, cat. Kitty! Kitty! It's Sparta! <laughs> Looks more like Aries, though. <laughs> Damn it! I figured I had a fifty-fifty chance of getting it right. <laughs> the, technically, you were correct. <laughs> what? So uh, yeah, Sam's just shaking his head, and he continues on to the car. But um, the camera view goes underneath the vehicle parked beside the Impala. We're getting an excellent shot of Sam's ankles here, and we are led <laughs> to interpret what comes next. Oh, we have an ominous cutaway, and next we see Dean exiting the bar, but mm-hmm. Sam is not at the car. Nope. When he reaches the Impala, Dad's journal is on the hood. Sam is nowhere to be seen. So Dean starts calling around for Sam, kind of panicky, asking the other people leaving the bar if they've seen him. Um, When there are no answers, he does notice a security camera in the parking lot and kind of wanders out into the middle of the road, 
calling for Sam. <laughs> look, look. He just had a long conversation with his brother about how these people are vanishing. And as he alludes to later, they don't come back. Yeah. And kind of already dismissing it as not really supernatural related, but now that it's hit so close to home, well, surely it's got to have something to do with a monster out there. Well, whatever it is, Dean is going to find answers. Mm Hmm. So it's the morning and Dean is at the sheriff's office. This is the sheriff. This is the same sheriff's office as episode three, Den the Water. I should have looked at it more closely. (laughs) And Dean is asking about a missing person. His cousin, who wasn't drunk, he was just taken from the bar they left last night. I like like how he navigates this conversation because I I don't know, just something about um, how he's playing the deputy here who is Mm -hmm. uh, Kathleen. I don't know if she has a last name or if she, if she was given a last name, but Um, yeah, I didn't write it down. It was like Hawk or something close Mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. Well, this deputy that he's speaking to Kathleen, um, I don't know. I just, I just like how Jensen played the scene or how Dean's, um, dialogue was written here because he is very proactively being the driver to this conversation yes yeah like the approaching the conversation in such a way that you know this doesn't end in the dead end of you know your cousin's probably going to be fine come back tomorrow he's has everything in place to cut off those lines of thought and gets her to a computer within the first couple minutes of dialogue exactly he he goes from the charming now sam he's he's a lightweight we were just out having a few and no 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 ma'am he was he he wasn't drunk he was taken and just how he swerves from i don't know being mm-hmm. being his charming self just just trying to paint this this picture of sam and then going into, no, I know that this happened and I have a lead and we should check the CCTV. And the, the deputy even provides where where she could go get the, the footage. Um, I don't know. Yeah, he's very charming and in the driver's seat, but not letting that really be known. It's sleight of hand that he's performing in this conversation exactly the not letting it be known not being too heavy-handed uh yeah. is it just speaks to a, a mastery that i'm i'm i know that i've talked about before but i'm gonna continue to harp on because <laughs> he was raised to be a con man and i'm okay yes. oh exactly it just Again, he's familiar with this part of the law, but not from the side that you would expect based (laughs) off of how well he's treading these grounds. Anyways, so Sam is looking for, no, sorry, Dean, um, though he gives his name as Greg, Gregory, is looking for his cousin, uh, Sam. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And when Kathleen looks up Sam Winchester on the computer, we see that he was a relative to Dean Winchester, who is dead in St. Louis, March 7th, 2006. Which, I'm like, this doesn't match up with the timelines at all. Why? Because the episode skin, okay, I didn't write it down, but I'm pretty sure that the email that Sam gets and checks is dated early December. So I'm like, were you guys in St. Louis for three months and then (laughs) Dean got killed? Doesn't add up. Wait, wait, wait. So I, I didn't pay close, very close attention to the date. So you're saying it was March. It was dated March. Mm-hmm. They said Dean is deceased March seventh, two thousand six. Okay. But Skin actually took place early December two thousand five. Okay, and that's going off the date of the email. Yeah, like I said, B don't know what they had for breakfast. I mean, they did choose between episode seven and episode eight to, like, jump three months because they wanted that spring equinox to be involved in Bugs' Uh storyline. So they did this to themselves. (laughs) But yeah, this Dean Winchester, um, our, our boy Greg here is saying was kind of a black sheep, but handsome, though. I'm like, you can't just leave that be. And... By you, I mean John Sheebit. You did this in skin, too. <laughs> you are just so lucky, Dean, that there wasn't a uh, a mugshot attached to that, that, that profile that uh, Kathleen's looking at. Like, he came around that computer pretty damn quick. He wanted to see what was going to be on that monitor and determine <laughs> how fast he should run. <laughs> Well, there's no recent reports, uh, arrests, or John Doe's uh, that match Sam's description. No recent hits uh, to to the database for Sam. So, uh, Kath, Kath, the only thing that Kathleen can do is go look at that CCTV uh, footage. Mm-hmm. So Dean's pointing to those county traffic cams as a lead, and um, she wants him to fill out a missing persons report, you know, do this the proper way. But um, Dean does not want to sit tight. He insists on going with her. Mm -hmm. Sam's family and this county has plenty of missing people. How do those all end up? Yeah, yeah. And Kathleen tries to say that, you know, he can't, he can't get involved. That's not how this works. But Dean says that Sam is you know, his responsibility. And he's not going to be another one of those. Just another number. Uh, yeah. For for these missing persons. He's coming back. And Dean says, I'll bring him back. He's coming back. Exactly. So this is kind of the first episode where we are now seeing Dean view his relationship, or at least um, Sam's safety, as something that directly weighs on him. Like you, like you said, it's his responsibility. Yeah, yeah. What does he say? He he says, you know, I kind of, 
I kind of looked after the kid or I look after the kid. He's my responsibility. And, uh, yeah, this is the first episode that we're bringing that flavor to this brotherly dynamic. Uh, we, we know that Dean has wanted nothing more than to keep his family together. And he was deeply hurt by Sam leaving and that there have been struggles with, with John, but, uh, this is the first time that we're hearing something along along the lines of like, you know, I grew up with the kid and I look out for him and that's my job. Yeah, because even as recently as Scarecrow, we had Sam and Dean parting ways and Dean having a very mature approach to that being like, you know, I can't force you to stay and I'm actually quite proud of you for sticking up for what you want to do. But now that Sam is imperiled, that completely gets thrown out the window and it's 100% on him if Sam is in trouble. Yeah, yeah. So we have a brief cut to Sam awakening in a rebar cage and nearby he sees Jenkins still unconscious. Um... And kind of has to figure out where the hell he is and what's going on. Then we return to Kathleen bringing Greg images of when Sam disappeared. Um, We do note a motorhome, or I should say a truck camper um, with stolen plates that left the parking lot around that time. And it's actually a really good piece of continuity that... This same van or the same truck camper was in the initial scene with um, Jenkins going missing. It was also in the parking lot when Sam left the bar, but it was not there when Dean did. Yes, yes, I did like that. Uh, it's okay, B. I thought it was a, I thought it was a van too until later in the yeah. episode <laughs> but it's this truck with a with a camper um uh, trailer on it but yeah. anyways it's this big ugly uh, hulking thing and very retro i say ugly but i was like oh cool van anyways Rustique. <laughs> but in the first scene uh where jenkins goes missing uh, we saw that truck and we did see it again at the Kugel's bar and I noticed it in both places before mm-hmm. we were told that it actually was the Bender's Oh, I vehicle. sure shit did not. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was like, oh, it's the same, it's the same car. And my, my head w- when we were at the bar was like, okay, this is like the murder. This is the murder van. Okay. I see. I see what we're doing here. I, I, (laughs) I see you. Uh, but my heart, my heart was saying that uh, there was some supernatural crewman that had a cool van and they were like, I'm going to put this van in the parking lot. (laughs) Can we borrow your van today? I mean, they easily could have. But I didn't put it together until we saw this truck camper combination later at the Bender's place. Uh Then I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. No, I, 
my head was on a swivel of B. I knew. And like, speaking of good revelations, we have Dean looking at these papers and then he hears this local vehicle driving by and he's like, what the heck? Because there's like a belt noise. There is a noise while it's breaking. And he asks Kathleen very pointedly, does this sound like a whining growl to you? <laughs> AKA maybe this is what Evan heard instead of a monster he heard a vehicle. Yep. So with that lead in hand, it's time to go back to Sam. He is trying and failing to bust out of the cage, but he does wake up Jenkins, um, who figures they're in the country based off of the smell. And if they're in the middle of the nowhere, then who's out there that will find them and rescue them? Yeah, yeah. No use making noise. No one's coming. And if someone is coming, then it's no one that you want to be drawing the attention of. Mm-hmm. And because Sam is trying to break out of the cage and uh, Jenkins is telling him to that there's just, there's just no point. Because the doors are too well enforced and they are too far from anywhere. And uh, as they're talking, the who the big who actually comes into the barn yeah and sam initially is even asking what kidnapped them you know what is the thing that is taking control of the cages and all of that here but um he's kind of surprised when he finds out that it's just people one of the kidnappers comes down sets food near each of the bolted cages. They're fed once a day. The locks are on electric gates and it's all people pulling the strings here. Mm-hmm. So Sam starts pulling on this electric cord and he is struggling on this. Maybe he figures if he decouples it from the power supply, something cool might happen. <laughs> And, well, yeah, and so Sam is having this moment like, well, I'll be damned. It's just people. And and Jenkins is like, what the hell did you expect? They're just some psycho hillbilly rednecks. Uh, and Jenkins is going to be ready for when, you know, they go all deliverance on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lots of deliverance vibes this episode. <laughs> We go back to Greg and Kathleen driving the backwoods. Um, Dean's badge number has come back stolen. So Kathleen pulls over and confronts him about this, telling him to step out of the car. Yes, she is able to pull up the badge photo of one Gregory Washington, who is a uh, slightly overweight black man not dean winchester so this is not uh yeah dean's not talking himself out of this one so kathleen is ready and willing to arrest dean on the spot but dean uh is pleading for clemency here because he has to find sam yeah he says that she can arrest him after but just let him find sam before that And this is where he 
also says, like, when we were young, I pretty much pulled him from a fire. And ever since then, I felt responsible for him. Like, it's my job to keep him safe. Yeah. And, like, he's saying that he's afraid and Sam's his family. And Kathleen apologizes, but she says she has to take him in. And it's not until she looks at a family photo that um, she softens and says, after we find Sam. Mm-hmm. So she is swayed. Yes, at least temporarily. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Mr. Jenkins here is pessimistic, but Sam does manage to pull down that cable and he grabs a hold of a bracket that came loose. At around the same time, Jenkins' cage door opens, and so he goes crawling out, despite Sam's warning that this could be a trap. It, it Yeah, whatever this is, it just doesn't seem right. And uh, Sam doesn't think that Jenkins should, should leave. He thinks that this smells like a trap, uh, but there's no way that Jenkins is getting back in the cage. Are you crazy? I'll go find help. Bye, yeah. Sammy. Yeah, don't worry. I'm more than capable of finding help here. <laughs> right. So yeah, Jenkins runs outside. It is raining. He is keeping to the shadows around this really large estate, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. He does find some woods. He finds a knife. He makes a run for it, but... He hears this whooping call through the trees, and then a man jumps out of nowhere and basically stabs him in the leg. Yeah. Yeah. He um, he is getting corralled, and he, uh, he tries to fight, but really he's just trying to run, but it's to no avail. Yeah. He is trying, he's struggling his way away from this man, but another one joins him. He does trip over a hidden tripwire, and as he's on the ground, um, the two compatriots just, you know, stab Jenkins, and that's the end of that guy. Yeah. It didn't seem very sporting to me if you were gonna, you know, no. look at it like, that way. They want to talk about it being, like, the best hunt or whatever, but I'm like, A, you sucked at it it, the first bit. Like, Jenkins definitely got away unscathed, and then you had to use a long-range spear to get your target. So, like, hmm, how sporting this is. Here I am critiquing the rules of hunting humans. I'm sorry. (laughs) Hey. This is, you know, this is supernatural. There's no judging here. We're all family. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all coming up with stupid shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, uh, my personal FBI agent, the, the, the horrific search history of a thick writer. hmm hmm <laughs> So, we return to Dean, and he is asking Kathleen, it's the next morning, um, why is he helping her? <laughs> I, I phrased it that way because it's like she wasn't very happy with him last night but based off of this morning scene it's like the both of them went and got coffee or like Dean got coffee for her or she got coffee for him because yeah. they have matching cups and they're walking around and making small chat yeah yeah 
and Dean is teasing even. He's saying, you know, I don't want to press my luck, but... And Kathleen is teasing back. Oh, boy, your luck is pressed. <laughs> but I think they're just they're just in it now. And, yeah. um, and she's not getting any huge red flags from this guy. Uh, and, and she does (laughs) (laughs) the expected, yeah, yeah, felon. Uh, but, but we have got the feeling from the beginning that she genuinely does want to help. So I think, like I said, they're just in it now. Yeah. And to answer Dean's question, she says that her brother disappeared with no trace and she also felt responsible for him and not knowing where he's been or having solved that case or anything. It still kind of eats at her to this day. Yes. Yeah. She knows what it's like to lose someone like yeah. that. And yeah. yeah. They're off driving the back roads again. And Dean asks her to pull over at this hidden turnoff between the trees Um, She tells him to stay back, but Dean refuses. He gets out of the car and starts following her. And so she makes him promise not to get involved. And when she goes to extend a handshake with him, she slaps cuffs on him and um, fixes the other cuff onto the driver door handle. Do you promise not to get involved? The most unconvincing. Yeah, sure. Uh Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. And then she's the one who pulls the fast one. Uh-huh. And now Dean's left standing beside the outside of this car being like, you'll need my help. And she's just like, no, I'll manage. You're a civilian. I'm a cop. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I'm probably reading too much into it. I'm definitely reading too much into it because this, this is a TV show and we do have to get from point A to point B. But... When uh, Kathleen does, you know, slap the handcuffs on Dean, she, you know, he's a big guy. He didn't have to, you know, he he has gotten what he needed from her, her support in getting him to this place. But now that he has an actual trail to follow, he doesn't need her anymore. Um... So if he had wanted to, he could have put her out of commission in this in this moment mm-hmm. instead of allowing her to cuff him to the car. Well, lead him back to the car and then cuff him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She didn't. She, yeah. He was not resisting very hard, yeah. I will say. Yeah. I would say that. At this point, they're not sure if they have the right location and if she is in the same boat as him as having a missing sibling. He's like, oh, eldest daughter syndrome has activated. (laughs) This is an ally. And probably he's thinking that it's easier to pick a pair of handcuffs than it is to rebuild that broken trust of a cop that's already like, you're on thin ice, but I'm ready to arrest you. Yeah, I agree with thinking that this is he's found an ally in Kathleen and he would be reluctant to betray that uh that camaraderie and i i think i am just 
looking at you, season 10, 11, 12, 13, but an older, more jaded Dean would not be so accommodating. Yes, like I keep thinking back to that episode in season 13 where he pulls a gun on Kaya, Mm -hmm. and you're just like, holy shit, like that... That is evidence to how far he has been pushed in this fight that he thinks is, you know, for family at any cost. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, something mm-hmm. something about this moment is just like, wow, this Dean is a different Dean than I than yeah. I grew into in my own like supernatural journey. <laughs> it's crazy to compare like season one Dean to a middle or late season Dean and see mm-hmm. in what ways he's freed himself. Like he's definitely more owning his nerdiness in later seasons, but he is also this very jaded figure. Like you say, he learns through all of these hardships that he's going through, he kind of hardens from it. And it's just sad to see a little bit of that charming, effortless, sort of easygoing devil may care yeah. season one, Dean, how we see him get killed and go away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so Kathleen is going to go scope out the house and Dean is... uh is content to stay put for now. Yes. So as Kathleen approaches the house, um, she does unlock her gun, so she has it at the ready. And when she knocks on the door, she's greeted by this hazard, by this haggard little girl who touches her badge and, you know, just seems a little off, not really following the social norms. Mm-hmm. And we find out that this girl, Missy, her mom is dead and her dad isn't home. Kathleen's not allowed to come in. So she is just standing on this porch being like, well, can I show you a picture instead? Yes. And she has the picture, is asking Missy, the picture of Sam, and is asking Missy if she recognizes the boy in the picture. Uh, And Missy is not looking at the photo she is looking over kathleen's shoulder and um grinning (laughs) right and is uh, yeah and grinning because she knows something that kathleen doesn't know and that's gonna hurt yeah her father has shown up and knocks kathleen upside the head with a shovel yeah and so Pa Bender here tells her to gather up her brothers. And my fun fact for you, Remy, is guess where we see Missy again in the supernatural universe? I'll give you a hint. It's in season seven. Oh, fuck. I knew I recognized her. I think it's episode 14. Oh, I knew. Is... Slice girl. Yeah, shut up. I knew I recognized her. <laughs> <laughs> it's emma winchester yeah dean's little uh daughter amazon that doesn't last long dean's daughter full stop <laughs> and like 
the later scene where Dean and her confront each other and she just throws a knife at him. I'm like, some things never change. <laughs> I didn't know. That's a good fun fact. Mm-hmm. I was excited to tell you about it because I know your affinity for Slice Girls. I, yes, I, yes. And, and it's funny because I saw this girl. I'm like, I know, I know her. I mean, she's in, <laughs> she is dead. There is a 100% chance that she is in Supernatural somewhere else. And I don't know where it is, <laughs> but I'll, you know, it'll, you know, it'll, it'll come eventually. But the vibes will just, you'll <laughs> read them and then you'll know and you'll understand. Yes, exactly. But yeah, fun. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, little Emma Winchester is a crazy hillbilly. But Paul has never been so angry. Yeah, cops on the front door is not a great day for what they're up to. And he apparently lets uh, Lee and Judd, is that their names? Lee and Jared. Ah, Lee and Jared... He apparently lets them have it, and Lee and Jared are sent out to go find Kathleen's car. Mm-hmm. And at her car, Dean is trying to reach for the car antenna, and he is put kind of a fire under his ass when he hears the squealing truck camper approach. And he only just manages to unthread the antenna and then use it to pick the cuff lock. And it's just in time to disappear from the approaching rednecks who collect Kathleen's cop car. Mm-hmm. So inside, um, Sam is greeting Kathleen. She is now in Jenkins' emptied cage and finds out that his quote-unquote cousin is looking for him. So Sam's asking, where is he? And Kathleen explains that she cuffed him to her car. <laughs> Sam goes from, oh, thank God, to, I hope th- I hope he carries paper clips. Yeah. Doing our little callback to episode one. <laughs> so we have a chamber door opening and it's Dean coming through. He rushes to Sam and confirms that he's unharmed. And then Kathleen's kind of wondering how he's uncuffed, but um, Sam is pointing Dean to the cage's automatic controls. And Dean is teasing Sam for being captured by just people. (laughs) (laughs) You're getting a little rusty there, kiddo. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh, B. When... Okay, okay, wait. So, when... Dean, we have Sam and Kathleen talking and they hear the gr- the barn door open and we see this uh, figure approaching, but we don't, we don't know it's Dean and they don't know it's Dean. And we have this tension in the air and then pan up to Dean, like straight up stimming popping his lips and just touching every chain and post on the wall and he's just like bopping out to himself and i'm just like oh my god i can't what the hell he was so cute in this scene like the way that he kind of jazz hands his arms out when he's looking at the control box he's like I'll just find a key. (laughs) Like, his arms are so wide. He's so, like, gung-ho, ready to go. 
And I guess that's just the excitement of finding his brother not dead at this point. <laughs> right, right. Dean uh, catches sight of Sam. Sam catches sight of Dean. And we're just, you know, so glad. So happy to see you. <laughs> but Dean just walking into this barn all casual like I I was living for it. And he's trying to subtly have the conversation with Kathleen in the room about, you know, what got you? No, it's just people, dude. <laughs> and gosh, people are crazy. Like, yeah, he's saying that what we typically deal with, uh, they have patterns. They are predictable. But people, they people. Have rules. Yeah, yeah. They're, they want something. But people, people are just crazy. Mm-hmm. Dude, you let just people capture you? <laughs> um, but Dean does say that he found a bunch of cars from all over, including Kathleen's brother's vehicle. So yeah. it's an unfortunate ending for him. Yeah. But since this control panel has a lock, then Dean is going to go find the key. And Sam warns him to be careful because, again, we're dealing with people here. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. So with his flashlight out, Dean snoops around um, one of the buildings. He finds a bunch of photos of all the people that this family has hunted, including a recent one of Jenkins. Mm-hmm. In this, uh, I I didn't know if he was in one of the like secondary barns here or maybe the basement of the house, but this estate is huge. The house is a mansion, and I have another fun fact for that too. Oh, hit me! Clean this place up, and it's Bobby's house. No, it's not. The interior floor panel. I swear to God. Okay, when you see Pa Jenk. Pa Jenkins, Pa <laughs> Bender in the kitchen, those cupboards, that sink, everything, that entrance, it's Bobby's kitchen. And you can see, like, the floor plan and everything. It's Bobby's house. Oh, my God. You're going to make me watch this episode again, B. I know, like, the fifth time, right? <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to remember Bo- Bobby's actual, like, farmhouse. And mm-hmm. if it... If it is similar to to what we're seeing in in Jenkins, uh, not Jenkins, you got me doing it in the Bender yeah, my estate. Turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'll have to I'll have to think about that. I'll have to look at that. That's funny. Yeah, just that scene of Pa Bender in the kitchen. Compare that to the kitchen in season four, episode two. Um, it's the same kitchen. <laughs> Gosh, you got me you got me itching. Itching for Netflix, <laughs> B. I gotta go look. I gotta go see. I don't think it's the same exterior, but who fucking knows? Who they knows? could have done something. We've probably only seen Bobby's ex- like full the full exterior of the house like twice. Yeah. I think in season seven when they were burning it down, we got to see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Um Dean is now upstairs. I assume he was in the basement before. The house is empty, but there's honky-tonk music playing, so he is sneaking around um, into a hall and past a human bone wind chime. 
pleasant. I love this scene. B, it's a video game. You've got the music. You've got the sneak. The NPC that you're not trying to alert to your presence. Yes, you're searching for for the key. I love this scene. It is so like genre. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like we mentioned, Paul Bender's in the kitchen. He is sawing or hacking at something meaty. It's not a pleasant sound folio. But- <laughs> yes, we have the foley. I'm 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 telling you. This scene (laughs) sends me. I love it. Dean does grab this stick that has like a long spike in the end of it. He's like, good, I got myself a weapon. And he approaches where he sees a set of keys, but he pauses to admire a jar of teeth along the way (laughs) before he takes them. Oh my God, Dean. Focus, Dean, please. Oh, I know. But he's just overwhelmed with the environment. And then appearing behind him is Missy. He initially tries shushing and calming her, saying that he's not going to hurt her. But she unsheathes a little pig sticker and calls for her daddy. Mm -hmm. And Dean is tackled from behind by one of the brothers and tossed around into various pieces of furniture. Oh, we get an actual choreographed fight scene. Yeah. It was brief, but I enjoyed it. And 3v1 that Dean holds up pretty admirably, at least until he's knocked down from behind. Yeah, yeah. Paul Bender's a one-trick pony. Yeah. But it's effective. And when Dean awakens, he is now tied to a chair. And the brothers are eager to hunt him. There's a lot of spitfire in this one. But um, Pa wants to know if... Um, I guess he wants to get a little philosophical here and ask Dean, have you ever killed someone before? It's like, oh God, here we go. Well, (laughs) yes, yes. So this, uh, scene here is the equivalent of Shifter Dean having trapped, uh, Becky on the couch. Mm-hmm. time to monologue where yeah yeah time to monologue where where shifter dean can wax philosophical about how you know he was just born weird okay and i just sit there with a spoon and i'm like yum 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 <laughs> make these parallels to dean more i love it no i hated it i can't i loved it so much oh my gosh i i've already i i've already taken you off the christmas list for that one b so no (laughs) actually very pressed i'm like i better still be getting a christmas card (laughs) you'll get you'll get christmas in july like all of my other friends (laughs) can't be bothered to mail out my packages that sit in the corner of my bedroom for six months i know i like stared at the packages for you and leaves like (laughs) at least like once a day i just i'm like oh i just I know what's left to finish them and send them, but I haven't done it yet. (laughs) Everything's fine. Everything's fine. We're getting this monologue from Pa where he's saying he's hunted deer, bear, and even a cougar. What the best hunt is human. 
<laughs> the fear in their eyes. He had never felt so powerful. Ugh. I can't do Ugh. the accent for you, B. I'm I sorry. can't either. I just <laughs> gonna lower my voice an octave and call it a day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we get the most dangerous game pitch, and mm-hmm. uh, sounds like it's been going on for generations here, at least one to two years as well. But again, I'm like, it should be more than that, based off of again the lore that John collected. Uh, well, no, he said one or two a year. So sorry, people, yes, yeah. Sorry. Here I am misreading my own fucking writing. <laughs> well, um, so Paul says, he calls it the family tradition passed on from father to son. And so I would think that this has been going on for, for a, a very long time. But they were, uh, if there's one thing that Paul seems to value its uh, discretion. And if the cops are knocking on his door, then they can't be having that then. So Paul needs to know, is Dean with the cop? Is he a cop? And are more cops coming? Mm-hmm. And Dean is really mouthy here. He keeps on the quick one-liners that get him slapped and um, the the father here brings a hot poker out of a burning barrel behind him and starts threatening Dean with it. They manhandle him still, and then that poker's right in his face. And it's not until the dad says that they're going to hunt Sam or the cop, Dean's choice, that Dean completely pulls an about face. He immediately is doing whatever they ask. He's telling them whatever they need. He's just trying to keep uh, Kathleen and Sam safe. Yeah. Yeah. No one's coming. I'm not a cop. Uh, just let's, let's just talk about this, but no, Paul uh, is, is demanding that Dean make the choice. And if he doesn't make the choice, then uh, it'll be made for him. Yeah. Are we, are, are we going to hunt the boy? Or are we going to, hunt the girl and um with a little you know light torture dean tells them to take the boy the guy (laughs) take the guy let let him let him be the hunt and i think dean is placing some faith in sam that uh that he would be able to best these 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 guys in their yeah. own game. Yeah, if only one of those people are going to be taken out and hunted for sport, then he puts his money on Sam being able to outwit them and survive. Mm-hmm. But they pull a fast one on him here, and um, when Pa tells one of his kids to go and uh take a hold of Sam. Um he's advised to just shoot him in the cage, which completely throws Dean off because oh my god, they lied. <laughs> yeah, shoot him in the cage and when Dean protests, uh I thought you said that you were going to hunt him. I thought that you said he was going to have a chance. 
Paul says, oh, and while you're at it, shoot the girl too. So. Exactly. Doubles down. Yeah. He says that they have to clean this mess up. And I don't, I don't think that he ever had any intention of letting any, any sport be played. No one was ever going to get a chance. Uh, he was no. just, uh, you know, like I said, a, a light sprinkling of, of, of torture and manipulation there. Yeah. Yeah. So we see Lee go to unlock Sam's cage and, um, we see Sam grab a bracket and the next thing we hear a gunshot ring out and Dean is very irate. He's saying that if you hurt his brother, he's going to kill you. And like, he's swearing on this. Yeah. I'll kill you all. You hurt my brother. I kill you. I swear. Mm-hmm. And Pa is calling for Lee, but we see that Sam has disarmed him and Sam is 100% ready to use this gun, but unfortunately, it's jam. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Sam was if Sam was going to take the shot or if he was just going to use it to... Intimidate. ...make sure that Lee di- didn't get any bright ideas, but the gun is jammed, so he tosses it to the side and instead just locks Lee up in uh, in the cage himself. Yeah. And we have heard multiple gunshots go off, but when they stop, Paul is calling for Lee and he gets no answer. So he and Jared are going to go investigate themselves, leaving Missy to watch the prisoner. Yes. So... The father and Jared find the fuses have been pulled and Lee is locked up in the cage, as you mentioned. Um, Sam is hiding. He knows that um, they are there. He's up in the haystacks and kind of keeping an eye on them. Meanwhile, Kathleen gives the impression that she's hiding in a cupboard, which Jared goes to check out by firing three rounds into it. But... Psych, it's empty, and Kathleen drops from above and strangles uh, Jared into submission. Yes, but Jared is able to shake her off of his back. She is now mm-hmm. prone on the ground, and Jared has his, his rifle trained on her, um, but Sam distracts Jared before yes. he can pull the trigger. Yeah. So Sam, when he runs out, he maneuvers in such a way that he is between Jared and his dad. And so when Jared shoots, he actually wings his father behind Sam. And then Sam knocks out Jared, um, locks him up in the other cage. And so Kathleen and Sam reconvene and she'll keep a gun trained on dad while Sam goes inside to see how Dean is. Yeah. Sam seems reluctant to leave Kathleen alone here, but uh, she insists that he go, he go find his brother. Yeah. So Kathleen is here alone with Pa. And so she is asking, you know, you killed my brother. Why? Why did you do it? And the dad just starts guffawing and he says, because it's fun. Yes. 
Yeah. And we hear another lone shot ring out. Mm-hmm. Back at the house, Sam and Dean are stepping outside and they meet Kathleen in the lane. Um, Missy has been locked inside of a closet and she, sorry, and Kathleen says that um, Pod, I was going to say Pod Jenkins, Pod Bender <laughs> was trying to escape. So she shot him. Yes. Shot trying to escape. Yeah. She uh, has called for backup. Uh, and, you know, pretty soon the state police, the FBI is going to be coming down on this place. So Sam and Dean better get got. Yeah. And Dean thanks her, but he pushes his luck a little bit more, <laughs> asking her if they can catch a ride to the station where their car is. But she just looks at him and says, start walking. <laughs> Sam. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that sounds good. Come on, Dean. Come on. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Sorry, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Sorry, ma'am. But before they leave, Dean does give one last apology about her brother. And Kathleen has this poignant moment here where she says that it thought it, she thought it would be easier knowing what truly happened, but... Um, turns out it isn't any comfort. Which, and I mean, to be fair, this is probably the the worst case scenario. Well, and I'm like, is this something, what she says here, that we could apply to John and Sam and Dean? Because she spent years not knowing what happened to her brother. Now she knows and she's saying it wasn't any comfort. It didn't get any better. And... John, Dean, and Sam have spent decades trying to find out what happened to Mary, and... <laughs> shush, shush, shush. Don't sit there. No. no, you can't sit there. No, you're knocking the microphone over. <laughs> so mournful. He's so grumpy. <laughs> and so, if... The Winchesters have spent decades trying to find what happened to Mary. Um, this is kind of a foreboding note that it's going to be cold comfort, even if you find out what happened. That's not going to change anything really for you. You still have all these feelings you'll need to process. True, true. That is the driving force of the whole season. I got to find out what happened to Jess. Dad has been consumed trying to find out what happened to Mary. So I didn't think to apply it to that. But yeah, that's that's something to consider. Yeah, I mean, we're going to find out soon enough what happened. And they don't really take any measure of the truth behind what happened with Mary beyond, oh, this is just another mess to deal with. Like, there's no catharsis that comes from it, really. It just becomes one more rat's nest that you need to disentangle. Well, it leads, the, the whole the whole journey leads to one tragedy after another. It's just this domino effect of um of consequences that come from this whole endeavor 
And that's pretty much the series in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was a curious juxtaposition to make since earlier we had Kathleen and Dean bonding as sort of the elder sibling syndrome patients. And if what she's saying now could be sort of a cautionary tale to come, but it's not received at all from Sam and Dean in that moment. Mm Mm-hmm. But we have the final scene here of Sam and Dean hiking back down that back trail lane. And Dean is scolding Sam to never go missing again. And Sam is kind of laughing it off and realizing that Dean was worried about him and then teasing Dean for it. Mm-hmm. A, a definite return to the the brotherly banter uh from from Sam and from Dean. Uh, so a definite return to the brotherly banter, but Sam didn't get to see just how worried Dean was. No. And, and, and Dean is now, you know, playing it off and they're just, uh, they're just slipping into something a little bit more comfortable to, to them. Uh, yeah. Where. And, Dean's sort of anxiety, his worry, whatever, he is channeling into this stern kind of grumpy attitude where he's like, no, I won't go looking for you again next time. And mm-hmm. Sam's just sure you won't. And Dean, no, I'm I'm serious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Sam takes the opportunity to make fun of Dean for Missy getting the jump on him, throwing Dean's words back at him. Yeah. He, so you got, you got sidelined by a 13 year old. Hmm. Must be getting pretty rusty here. <laughs> yep. Yep. And they walk out uh, into the twilight. I can't say sunset or sunrise, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you, 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 you get it. You get yes. It. The gloomy shadows that is the supernatural season one aesthetic. Uh-huh. They've got a few miles to hike before they get back to the car. En petit peu, Yes. <laughs> And that's that. We are at the end of the episode here. Yes. Not, you know, I do really enjoy this episode. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's pretty self-contained, I would say. Not anything yes. really, uh, not too much to meta or overanalyze. <laughs> um, well, okay, I should say, I say not not too much to really dig into uh, when considering the the plot of season one or the series as a whole. Uh, we ha- we didn't get a lot of Sam Dean uh, direct interactions. Uh, I'd say the most new insight we got was uh, from Dean bonding with. Uh, Kathleen, like you said, that big, big sister role. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I think this is the first episode where we're really seeing Dean lean into that Kill Bill level of needing to protect Sam at all costs. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the new thing, I guess you could say, that we're learning about the characters this episode. And also that Sam is pretty resourceful under pressure and he has a good read at what was going on for his captivity. Like he wasn't falling for any tricks. And, you know, if 
Seriously, he was backed into the corner of a cage and still managed to best a guy with a gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sam was super badass. I really appreciated the 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 barn confrontation. What Aries is your final takeaway? Yes, Aries, share. He's like, I'm getting pets, so I don't need to talk anymore. <laughs> hmm? No, now that you want me to, I don't want to. No, I'm sitting where I want, and I don't need to beg. <laughs> but yeah, Remy, what is your final takeaway? Oh, I don't know. This one's hard. This one's hard for me to think. What's mm-hmm. my real takeaway? I think my real takeaway is that I just really like the Benders as a standalone like monster of the week. Yeah. I'm like a basic bitch and I really like the part where Dean was captive and had a poker held up to his face. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he went from pure bravado making, you know, inbreeding jokes and cannibal jokes to all of a sudden, nope, nope, I'll tell you whatever you want, sir, just don't hurt my brother. I really yes, yes. I like the uh the theme i like the aesthetic i like the 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 benders um and i really liked the stealth mission video game sequence where mm-hmm. where dean had to go sneak and avoid the npc yeah, the house is so grungy and all the little details thought out. It was really great spookness just from, uh-huh. you know, okay, people are weird and they can take it to a level that even the spooky among us is going to be like, yikes, dial it back a little. Yeah, I think that something that struck me in this episode too was, again, how in season one, I feel like I forgot just how much horror they injected into the series um, in the early seasons. It, it was a genre show. And yeah. s- seeing something like The Benders or last episode with Nightmare and the brutality that we saw uh, in that episode and every episode, Dead in the Water, Asylum, Faith, we have so much horror in it and they don't really pull their punches. And this was 2005 2006 cable television yeah and and episodes like this helped me see as someone who wasn't watching the show at this time you know when it was airing in 2005 but it's just so unique and so genre that somehow it worked and it got a huge cult following because of it and i can see why yeah yeah a very vocal cult following. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember liking, like you say, the genre bits that they pulled together for this episode. The isolated out in the woods and no one can hear you scream. That whole sort of um, threat that hangs over you. Mm-hmm. And try as much as you like, but as soon as you're let out of the cage, the games have really begun. That yeah. whole thing is just really effective, kind of spooky storyness, 
And it was interesting to see um, it take place on Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts before we go and part ways with the Benders? I just really like this episode. <laughs> I just really like this episode. And it's not for any reason other than it's... Um, it's just this flavor of supernatural that I, that you don't really get out of, you know, coming into the show when I started watching in season 10. Yeah, it definitely has the early supernatural flavor and they wouldn't try the same thing or the same topic in the same way in, say, season 13, season 14, season 15. It would be approached very differently. Mm-hmm. 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 So, so, you know, so season yeah. one, having a great time. Yeah. And that was episode 15, The Benders. The Benders. And Emma, I can't believe. Okay. Yeah. Easter egg. Bobby's house. Easter egg two. Yeah. Yeah. More to come. Season seven. Yeah. Season. Yeah. What, when does Bobby come in? Season three? Season two. Season, season two. two? I almost want to be like, he shows up this season. He's eternal. I love him. <laughs> exactly. So uh, that was uh, season one, episode 15 the benders and next week we'll cover episode 16 shadow yeah another shadow moon shadow return to seeing john in person we get make back yeah we get a plot episode oh my god i mean we're running out of episodes this season we gotta fit them in somewhere true we gotta ramp it up Mm mm-hmm So join us next week when we cover Shadow. And in the meantime, um, follow us on our social medias. Like, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Or don't tell your friends. No. Keep it just for yourself. It's up to you. Definitely tell your friends. (laughs) We'd be happy to have them. The more the merrier in this company. Definitely. And see you guys next week. Yeah, so we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hello. Hello. Sorry, Tyler was watching a movie. I had to scope out the situation there. Ooh, what movie? The The Taking of Deborah something. Sounds like it's spooky. I think so. I have, I have popcorn. Nice. Alright, I just have one handful, so it'll go quick. Hold on. You're fine, you're fine. <laughs> Don't choke. Savor it. Mm Mm-hmm.